Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Hey, everybody, welcome back. We're on episode three of Abide, all about how we are to abide in Christ as followers of Him and the attachment and connection that we get to have as believers to God through Jesus Christ. And today's episode is going to be centered around truth. What is truth? How the Word of God exposes truth. And we live in a world full of fake purses, fake vitamins, fake people, fake governments. And I just feel so strongly and passionate right now that God is trying to tell us all through His Word to His children, know me, know what's real, know what's false, but more than that, know me. Have me abide in you so that I can expose all things and that you know what is true, not just about what's around you, but also about yourself. So we need a real Jesus because we got a lot of fake in the world. And, you know, last week we talked about love. If you haven't got to listen to that episode, please go back and catch up. You don't want to miss any part of this because I want it to all not just make sense to you, but I want for it to encourage you and inspire you to bring light on what abiding in Christ really is. And so last week we talked about love, and as I got to thinking about that and just going through different scriptures as I taught it in person, it, that's even a lie. Love has been a lie amongst our world, what it is, what it's really not. And so only by knowing who Jesus is can we know true love. And all throughout scripture, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, but he never gives us the command to stay loving ourselves, to center ourselves, to be selfish. But instead, by loving God, we're able to love ourselves because we understand the creation that we really are. I'm going to start off real quick in John 15. As we've been doing, we're going to, every single week, we're going to be in John 15. And today, the verses that kind of been laid on my heart in John 15 is going to be the end of this chapter, which is in 26 through 27. It says, when the advocate comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me, and you must also testify, for you have been with me since the beginning. Jesus is telling them right now, I'm sending you the helper. I'm sending you the advocate. He's the same spirit that comes from the Father that is going to testify about me. The Holy Spirit is what gives us the discernment when we accept Christ to know this is real. Whatever it is that's going on in me right now, this is real. I know that, and you have that fire within you to want to cling to it because you know deep down within your soul that it is the truth. All who are our believers have experienced this. And so I wanted to start off right there because John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. And I love that because he correlates those three things. He's the way. There's no other route. There's no other side street. There's no other way GPS is going to take you other than Jesus Christ to get to God the Father. He is the way. He is the truth. There's nothing false about him. There's nothing fake about him. And he is the life because without him, we get death. We get death in our spirits and in our souls here on earth. Nothing to fulfill us. Nothing making us be right. But we also get death in hell. So, When Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman in John 4, I'm going to turn to John 4 real quick, and I'm going to read verses 23 through 24, but this is the Samaritan woman. This is the woman at the well. Um, If you're familiar with this story, you know, great. If you aren't, Jesus comes across this woman, and he basically exposes all kinds of truth about her, and she knows that he's real because she's like, there's no way you would know these things about me, and one thing that he ends up telling her 
towards the end of their conversation, he tells her, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So if we are worshipers of God, we abide in Jesus Christ. The only way to do that is in spirit and in truth. Both of those things. So there's three things talked about here. Worshiping who? Worshiping God. How do you worship God? With the Holy Spirit. You have to have him abiding in you. You have to have him being a part of you. That's a connection. And then we know based off the verses we started with in John 14, 6, by the truth. Who is that? Jesus Christ. So the Trinity in itself right here amongst these verses, the truth in itself in the nutshell is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And our way of being involved with them is through worship. So worship requires all of these three. And y'all, God, he always speaks through truth by his word. And his word is what uncovers lies. We're going to uncover some today. I pray that through these scriptures, he uncovers whatever it is that pertains specifically to you, that you're needing truth in your exact time right now, in your life right now. Worship done in truth aligns with what Jesus taught and what he said throughout his ministry. Before we get kicked into the testing of the spirits, I think that we need to test ourselves before anything. We need to know why we do the things that we do. When you worship, we know to worship spirit and in truth. Why do you worship the way that you worship? Why do you, I don't know if it's through song, if it's through prayer, if it's through deed, if it's through actions, I don't know. But whether religion is what give, has given it to you, maybe tradition from your family has given it to you. But either way, you need to know scripturally why you do what you do. Why? Because the word is the truth. So why do we do the things that we do? Do we even know? Because if we're not worshiping through the Holy Spirit and with truth, then all of our actions are just pointless. All of our deeds and all the things we're trying to do that we're checking off the boxes or participating in these things, if we don't know why, then it goes void. In 1 Corinthians, Jesus talks about um, communion. You know, he's like, each one of you should examine yourself before you partake in the body and the blood of Christ. That's what communion is. That's what the Lord's Supper is. But to examine yourself of why you're even doing this, what does the body and the blood represent to me before I consume this in my own body? Am I showing reverence through this act of worship? Is the Holy Spirit aligning me, convicting me, whatever his job is to help me right now to be able to worship Jesus in this way? That is worshiping in spirit and in truth. It's just staying in constant, constant examination to know what our spirit is attached to. Because if we're abiding in Christ, meaning we're attached to Christ, but only when we examine ourselves are we able to see other things that we might be attached to without even realizing it. And those intimate moments through prayer with God, through the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ in us, y'all, that's what reveals like, oh, I didn't even know I was tied to that like I am. I didn't even know I was making that an idol. I didn't even know that I was surrendering my time to this. But now I see that I'm devoted to something other than Jesus Christ. Examining ourselves is what makes that possible. Do we have truth in our minds? Do we have what Jesus says about us in our minds? 
Because the minute that we don't think about us, what Jesus says about us through his word, then we believe a lie. And we know through scripture in John 8, 44, that Satan is the father of lies. So whatever you're thinking of yourself, you need to put a tag on that to know, okay, is this aligning through the word of God with the truth or am I believing a lie? Satan, what is he? He's lust. He's jealousy. He's anger. He's discord. He's depression. He's anxiety. And so if we believe that we are these things and we believe that lie, we need to start understanding that we need to say no to those things instead of putting that tag on ourselves. Because if it is not of Jesus, then it is not of us. Why? Because we know that we are new creations in him. We abide in him. We are attached in him. You can't be attached to Jesus and attached to depression. You can't be attached to Jesus and attached to addiction. You're giving yourself 50-50. This episode, I want it to uncover and reveal to us the truth of what God wants for us. And he wants all of us. He doesn't want us putting tags on ourselves that he never put on us. Instead, it's like, no, the devil is jealousy and he's trying to make me jealous. The devil is offended and he's trying to make me offended. Put that, put the blame on where it's supposed to be and say, you know what, Father, deliver me from this because I want the freedom that only you offer Jesus. Deliverance is something that we always have to constantly seek. And the only way to do that is by the Holy Spirit revealing to us what has us captive. Truth in Christ and abiding in him keeps us from being deceived. The devil's going to convince you of all the things that he thinks that you, that he wants you to think that you are because he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's false. So we're going to start talking real quick um, about an incident that Paul had in Acts chapter 16. I've heard this story. I've read this story, but only until this kind of got illuminated through scripture for me, because sometimes Satan will start with the truth and then follow it with a lie so that you don't know what to believe. And this particular story really uncovers that. So in today, guys, we're going to be, we start off in John. We're going to end in first John as we've been doing through all these other episodes, but we are going to uncover a lot of scripture today. So if you're watching, just take notes, listen to the verses, go back and see it for yourself. If you're listening in your car or on your radio or in your ear pods, just listen to it because his word does not go void. And I do pray that you'll go back and listen to the verses. Also read them through your own Bible. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to keep revealing truth that he says through this, through the Bible. But I don't want you to feel overwhelmed or like we're going too much back and forth. So Satan knows what we are hungry for, and he's always going to try to feed us something that's counterfeit. Please, please, please know that. So in Acts chapter 16, just a little preface here, Paul has been preaching. He's been speaking to the lost so that they are found. And so as he goes back to the moments of prayer, he's going into the the religious places, proclaiming the word of God, speaking Jesus to all these people. And amongst all this, Satan creeps in, right? Because that's his MO. We know it. When, when, when you're having baptisms come up in your church and you're having people be delivered from things in your church and you're having people experience the Holy Spirit in your church, he's going to be coming into prowl. And so as we read this, I want you to see how Paul handles this. I'm going to read Acts 16, 16 through 18. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So she's a fortune teller. Y'all, that's what she is. 
She has a spirit. And if you'll notice in scripture, that spirit, that word spirit is not a capital S. Always look for things like that. So if it has a, if it says God, but only a lowercase g, that ain't the God that we serve. Okay. So I just want to point that out while we are here. Now let's go to the next one. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. But finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. So I want to stop right there real quick. What she's saying is true. Okay. She's saying these men are servants of the most high God, which is true, who are telling you the way to be saved, which is true. But Paul through the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit gives us the gift in 1 Corinthians. If you don't know that, go read 1 Corinthians 12. That's going to be in verse 10. The discernment of spirits is a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit to say, uh-uh. they're saying what's right, but something in them is wrong. That's your eyebrows kind of raise up. Something kind of feels a little different when you're around them, but they're saying what's true. They're saying what's right. Paul, Paul knew what she's saying is right, but the spirit in her is wrong. And I want to I just tell you real quick, because Satan knew that the people that are coming right there to the place of prayer, that's where they were at, he knew what they were seeking. So by putting one of his demons around to proclaim something like that, then they're going to believe that what she's saying is right. But Paul rebukes her because he knew it was wrong. Paul did not want a slave of Satan proclaiming Jesus. He knew that it was false. He saw it for what it was because he knew what she was and she was a fortune teller. So I want to read real quick in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 9 through 13. It says this, when you enter the land of the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire or who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omen, engages in witchcraft, casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of the same detestable practices the Lord your God has drove out of those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So he's saying right there in the Old Testament, this is a no-go. This is detestable to the Lord. So whenever it talks about who practices divination and sorcery, divination, that's what that is. It's fortune telling. It's saying we know that as believers in, in God Almighty, only he knows the futures. Only he knows the plans that he has for us. If someone comes into your life and they're wanting to fortune tell, that's not what that is. If someone gives you a prophetic word of encouragement, that's one thing. But what she was doing right now and the spirit that was operating in her, Paul knew that was a no-go that she was a slave to Satan. So I want to follow up real quick and what else he says about that. Um, whenever I was uncovering these scriptures that I just read to y'all in Acts 16 about um, the spirit that was operating in her, through my commentary and through the Greek word, whenever it talks about the spirit that was predicting, that is actually a python spirit, which is also talked about in Deuteronomy. And the python spirit that's what it was known for. That's a demonic presence. That's a demonic spirit. And so this girl was making her masters wealthy by this spirit performing through her. 
I pray that as we see people that promote this kind of thing, we'll see it for what it is. And maybe you never knew that that was wrong. Maybe you never knew that sorcery was wrong, that divination was wrong, that horoscopes were wrong. But I pray that this episode just reveals to you the truth, that you go read it for yourself to know what God says about it. Because he doesn't want you leaning on anything for understanding other than him, other than his word, other than his truth, and other than Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the truth. In verse 19, it says that when her owners realized that they were their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They were mad because their money scheme had now gone away because she was exposed. While Paul was witnessing to the lost girl and she kept shouting these things, she was saying what was truth. But then Paul casts out the demon. And after all, Satan may speak the truth one minute, but then he'll follow it up with a lie because a non-believer is not going to know. Because a non-believer doesn't know the truth yet. But as believers, I pray that we do hear the truth of the Holy Spirit inside of us saying that's wrong. Don't judge that person but you need to understand that what I'm telling you, there's something to that. Seek me to find out what the truth is. Watch, just be on guard to know that this might sound right, but it's not right because it doesn't align with what the word of God says. How does it make you feel? Have you ever been in an instant like this? Have you ever, how does it make you feel when someone who practices evil tries to promote Christ? Do you rebuke it like Paul did or do you sit and listen to it? Do you sit and stay under that covering of their teaching? Or do you say, you know what? Hold up, hold up. In the name of Jesus Christ, I have authority over the spirit that's trying to operate right here. Now I want to turn real quick to 1 John 5, verses 13 through 15. I've tried to really correlate each week the Gospel of John in John 15 to First and Second John towards the back of the Bible. And uh, I just want to read what he kind of says about these certain instances. In verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If you have any instance in your life from the past, things that you used to believe in, things right now in your present that you believe in, maybe a person that you believe what they're teaching you, and maybe if you haven't even experienced this yet, but one day in the future, you're going to have an instant like this, pray to God with confidence because what you ask of him, when you say, God, expose to me your truth, he will do that according to those verses. You will have what you asked of him because he doesn't want you going in anywhere blinded. Instead, he's the light and he illuminates things before you to say like, hey, hold up, that's not of me. Or hey, go press into this because this is of me. He will give you what you ask for. Maybe you've believed in things that now you realize you shouldn't have. Ask for forgiveness. So you know what, Lord, I did not know that I was putting more faith in that than I did in you. I didn't know. But thank you. Thank you for exposing me to your truth so that now I can only seek you first. Just ask God. Ask God what he says about it and know that your salvation resides in him. I think the number one lie that I know in my life, Satan used to really toy with me was, am I really saved? 
by believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that's how I have eternal life. I am sealed. I am saved. The devil can't give me any more lie. I know what the truth is. Going to God in prayer is vital for abiding in Christ because what breathing is to a physical man, prayer is to a spiritual man. That's your lungs. That's what's making you be able to have life. We all have daily needs in life, and Jesus knew that. And when Jesus was here, he was helping those in need. He was seeking those people. He was healing. He was casting out the demonic that had people oppressed and possessed. But he does that still for us. Through believers, through his spirit, he's a helper, and he's truth. And he's going to continue to deliver us from things that have us captive, thoughts that have us captive, beliefs that have us captive. We have to make sure things are of him and then dispose whatever isn't of him. I'm going to read now Psalms 66, 17 through 20. The psalmist writes this, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. He's writing right there and he's like, look, if I would have cherished sin more than I did him, he would not have heard me. Do we have any, anything in our life that isn't truthful that we're cherishing more than what we do him? Do we have sin in our life that we just don't want to let go of yet? Even though the truth has been exposed to us. To love him is to keep his commands. We learned that last week. But whatever, whatever holds us back, Whatever we cherish most, the Lord would not have listened. We hinder God's activity in our life based off things that we put before him. <clears throat> and he's talking right there about hearing his prayers. He's like, look, I know that you're hearing my prayers because I've given this sin up. Prayer isn't just the moving of lips, y'all. It's the desires of the heart. Now I'm going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. I told y'all we was going to be jumping around. I don't mean to annoy y'all with that, but these verses just align and they correlate with each other. And I just want for you to see how much this is all throughout the Bible and it's all throughout scripture so that you know I'm not just picking a certain spot and trying to make it sound good. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Verse 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Okay. If he wants for us to not quench the spirit and to not treat anything that people tell us, that's prophecies, in the name of Jesus or God's telling me to tell you. That's what he's talking about right there. The Lord says, you'll have different pastors say this, different people, different friends, whatever. And that's awesome. It's awesome because God does use us as vessels to give words to other people for encouragement and edification. But what that verse says is don't just treat them all like they're of him. Instead, test them. Make sure they're aligning with the word of God so that you know what is true. Verse 23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you and is faithful, he will do it. He's saying, go ahead and examine these things. Examine what teachings you take to heart. Why? So that you know what you believe and that you are blameless in the sight of Christ whenever he comes back. That you're not believing things that are false. 
So many people have been led astray in the name of Jesus because the devil is a mocker. He's fake. And he wants to put a Jesus tag on something that is not Jesus. All throughout this Abiding in Christ, y'all, if you get no other episode, get this. Know that Jesus is the truth. Know that what is of him is the truth, that what he taught is the truth. And if it's not, then it's not. The Holy Spirit will make it clear to us what we are to believe and what we don't. But anyone who says that they're about Jesus, just like Paul heard, just like she was saying, doesn't mean that it should be without question. Paul doesn't tell us. He tells us to test the Spirit through these verses, but he doesn't say what tests are required. But I will tell you what is required is if it aligns with the Word of God. Um, to conclude real quick, I want to go back to 1 John. Guys, we're not going to be flipping and flopping anymore, but we're going to end in 1 John chapter 5. We've been there earlier on in this episode, but we're just going to finish with a few verses through this. I'm going to read 16 and 17 first because we're going to hang out here for a second. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. So he's telling us, pray for brothers and sisters if they're in sin that doesn't lead to death. But if someone is in sin that does lead to death, do not pray for them. He's saying, I'm not telling you that you should pray for them. So I got to ask myself, I'm like, what? There's something that we're not supposed to dive into and pray over. What is the sin that leads to death? The sin that leads to death is unbelief in God, right? We, I do, we do know that. But then he's talking about occasional sin here. He's talking about occasional sin is not habitual sin. That's different. Pray for these people. Pray that they'll come back to the truth and what they know. But knowing something is evil or against God's command and doing it anyway, that's habitual sin. That's saying, you know what? I know what God says and I really don't care. I don't care. I'm cherishing my sin like the psalmist wrote in those verses we read in Psalm 66. So I got to ask myself, what, what does that mean for me? What, is, what have I been in that has been a sin that leads to death? So I got to look it into it. In rebuking the spirit, like he was talking about earlier, he's like, pray for those people. Paul rebuked the spirit that was leading them astray and that was controlling them. But as believers, and when we submit to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we get a new appetite. We get new desires. And sin is not a desire of Jesus. So when we take on his desires, we become about our father's business. Then we no longer seek the desire and chase sin like we have continued to do over and over. There's a transformation that takes place amongst a true believer. And if that transformation is not taking place, then we should question if they really have surrendered to the Lord. I think all of us have testimonies of times that we have been that, or I know that I do. Um, but abiding in Christ, y'all, being connected to him, that's how we are able to disconnect from things that are not of him. As he illuminates them to say, you know what, Lord, cut this off. Make this not even be a craving that I have anymore. Take away the environment that causes me to be this way. So back to the sin that does lead to death. Satan has always enticed Christians with lies. So truth is what we have to know to be able to combat that. You can't have, you can't fight against a lie if you don't know the truth. So back to the difference of what that is. I want to read to you real quick as I was digging and studying on this. In Exodus, we get the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. And the first of all the commandments, 
God is very clear, and that's to have no other gods before him. If that's the first commandment he gives us, that is offensive to God when we put other gods before him, other idols before him. That hurts God. And it's so serious because it's so offensive to the Father. And there's a verse in Jeremiah I want to read to you. Jeremiah the prophet writes in chapter 7, verse 16 through 19. Okay, so Jeremiah, he starts, he shines some light on exactly what we're talking about. He says, Do not pray for this people, nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. Do you not see that what they were doing in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and the fathers light the fire and the women knead the dough to make cakes to offer to the queen of heaven. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to arouse my anger, but I am the one they are provoking, declares the Lord. Are they not rather harming themselves to their own shame? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field, and on the crops of your land, and it will burn and not be quenched. God, these people, God's people, were worshiping other things. They had men involved, children involved, and women involved. In submitting their lives and their tasks and their things that they were making to other gods, and God was mad about it. And so the prophet right there The Lord is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah saying, do not pray for these people. Don't pray that God's wrath not come upon them. Don't plead with God on their behalf because they're serving another God. So if we're saying right here, the sin that leads to death is worshiping other gods, that does not get you to heaven. And so when we see people do this, I'm like, okay, so am I not supposed to pray that they'll turn from that and seek the Lord? I pray for God's will to be done because only he knows. And I think that it's, we need to see through these verses, if you get nothing else, I pray that you realize what the penalty is for offending God in this way. How much it hurts him and that it's detestable to him whenever we worship other gods other than him. When we worship things that he says not to worship. When we partake in sorcery or in witchcraft or we think that a crystal is going to heal us instead of the one who makes the crystals. When we worship the created things but not the creator. That's offensive to God. And God's like, look, I don't play whenever it comes to that. I don't. And I wanted to show you in the Old Testament because it's also in the New Testament. Because a lot of people can think like, oh, that went away when the new covenant came through Jesus. Yeah, but right here in the New Testament, it says, do not pray for those people. Because that's a sin that leads to death. I pray that that shines light on something for you. God loves all people and he created all people in his his image. But he does not tolerate or accept into his sonship people who worship other gods. Point blank. So, some other truths I want to reveal here in 1 John 5. I'm going to finish reading in 18 through 20. And we'll wrap this podcast up. Verse 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. 
and we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. I want to point out in these scriptures right here, he says the one who was born of God keeps them safe. That is Jesus Christ. By abiding in him, we are kept safe from falsehood. We are kept safe from people who will try to lead us astray because we have the Holy Spirit that's going to reveal, hold up, hold up, this isn't right. Take heart in that. I pray that this podcast doesn't make you look around like, well, how am I going to know if that's true? Well, how am I going to seek God in his word? You will know because that verse right there says he will keep us safe. He will reveal to us things that are not of him, but that we have our part to take in that, and that is to listen to that, to be obedient to that. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. What the world says is true is evil. What the world says is true, if it goes against the word of God, it is not of God. It is not something that we should believe. And then verse 20 says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Take heart in that. He's not going to put something in front of you that's going to confuse you and not show you what's true. But you got to seek him to be able to find out. you got to abide in him. you got to be attached to him through his scriptures to know what is right. And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. That's the abiding part because he is the true God. That is hope that all of us should be like clapping for right now. Like we get what's real. We get what's true. We don't have a fake God. We don't serve a fake master. We have the truth. And the world right now, y'all, it's saying that this is true and that's true. You can't believe the news. This is right. You need to eat this because it's better for your body. But really, it's killing you and giving you heart disease. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's like when the whole time God's like, just listen to me. Just abide in me. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you direction and clarity. I'm going to sustain you because I am the true God. He has proven himself, y'all, throughout the entire Bible that he goes against anything. That he is the conqueror. That power is in him. That he has defeated death. He has defeated man. He has defeated nature. He is what is true. Abiding in Christ and keeping Keeping with him, keeping his commands is how we are not deceived. I said that earlier. But true Christians do not deliberately practice sin, according to those verses. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. You don't want to. You don't want to be separated from the Father. You don't want to split 50-50. You want to abide in truth, not in a lie. Your appetite changes. When you know that something isn't of him anymore, you want to cut it off. You don't want to continue to serve something that's not of him. Every week, I've tried to give us a verse to memorize because by keeping his commands, we're able to fight off sin. And this week, I have one in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We need to all strive to just know what he says and to do what he says. To know what the word of God says so that we know what what God approves and what he doesn't approve of. What he checks yes to and what he puts an X on and says no to. 
He wants for us to abide in him so that he can expose these things to us. He wants for us to gain trust in him because he is faithful. He wants the best for us. He knows what the devil's trying to feed us that is not right. And I pray that we can all be like Paul and be like, hold up, hold up, no. That's a no. That's a no for me. May we get comfortable in saying yes to what Jesus says yes to and know what Jesus says no to. And to be okay telling other people, well, why are you not doing that? Because Jesus says so. Because he's my Lord and he says no. We should be okay with that. Why? Because then when we go to him in prayer, we're confident that he's hearing us because he's seen us be obedient. Disobedience is what separates us from God. I pray that this message encouraged you. I pray that it did shine light on some things for you. I do pray. I know that it was a ton of scripture, guys. But don't let that, don't let scripture intimidate you. The devil wants you to be intimidated by scripture, thinking that you can't understand. But I know the Holy Spirit is going to honor you and he's going to show you truth. So I pray that you do go back and you read these verses for yourself, that you share this podcast with someone that you love, someone that you know is needing to hear this. I pray that the Holy Spirit right now give you a name of a person that you can just shoot it in a text and say, share this podcast. I pray that it blesses you and I pray that the Lord keeps you until I get to see you again next week. We'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening. And I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.